Welcome to Talking Roadmaps, the channel where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly of road mapping. We're here talking to practitioners, experts, thought leaders, and educators. Today, I'm really pleased to be joined by JJ Rory, the author of Immutable. JJ, can you introduce yourself? You bet. Hi, Phil. Great to be here with you. So I'm JJ Rory. Um, I wrote a book called Immutable, Five Truths of Great Product Managers. Um, I also teach product management at Johns Hopkins University in the United States. I work with corporate clients through my advisory firm, Great Product Management, and I also host a podcast called Product Voices. Love to be here with you today. Perfect. Thanks, JJ. And as is obviously mandatory on the channel, please do like, subscribe, hit that bell icon. We'd love it if you shared it with your friends. And if you'd like to be here where JJ is, do get in touch either in the comments below or through info at talkingroadmaps.com. JJ, let's start with a softball easy question. What's the purpose of a roadmap? Oh, wow. You know, it's interesting that that should be more of a softball question than it is, because I think we, we, you know, ask 10 people in, in product management, you'll get 10, maybe nine and a half answers, right? You know, to me, the, the purpose of a roadmap is to show kind of illustration, if you will, a depiction of the general direction of where we want to take our product or portfolio, whatever the, the purview of the roadmap is. And, you know, it's, I'm a big believer in kind of the, the short term to the long term and that progression. And however you depict that, you know, Jenna Bastel is now next later, you know, however it is, if you, if you're, a, if you're a date culture, you may have to have some dates on there, but just showing what we're doing now and why, um, what we're going to do, you know, after that, and why? And then what's our kind of longer term vision? And that's what the purpose of a roadmap is, is so that we can use it as a communication vehicle to show the work and the thought process of our, of, of like our vision. Right. And, you know, I just a, a little bit more on that. I, I have what I call a product playbook, which is basically everything that we do in product. Our rituals and our artifacts and all this stuff that we do that takes so much of our time. So often we're just going through the motion of doing it. And it's not really tying back to the decisions we need to make and the goals we're trying to reach. Same thing with a roadmap. It's just a vehicle. It's just an artifact that should be a communication vehicle to show all of the work that we're doing, right? So the why behind where we're going and the, you know, some of the detail of where we're going. It's not that the roadmap is the end all be all. It's the work that went into the roadmap that's supposed to actually be, you know, the, the benefit. So again, short version, it should be a depiction of where we're going. Um, it should be a living document. It can change over time. It shouldn't be, you know, written in concrete. It is just a, a view of, of where we want to take the product. Now, I just do wonder, yeah, does that map to any of these uh, five truths of great product management? I'm, I'm wondering if we can put a spin on there from Immutable. Well, I mean, it, I tell you, the, the five truths of great product managers, and, and just very briefly, it's customer intelligence, relationship building, communication, judgment or decision-making, and prioritization. And those are those five truths that, that in my research, in my experience, they, they form this kind of like interwoven foundation to everything we do in product management. And so it's not that there's a, you know, be great at product road mapping is one of the great, one of the truths. Certainly the, the way it ties in is, you know, you can't build a great roadmap without having 
a high level of customer intelligence because otherwise you're just throwing stuff at the wall, right? <laughs> you, you should be, you know, gathering great customer and market intelligence and letting that drive your vision. So that's one kind of tie to it. But then, I mean, really, again, as I mentioned before, it's just an artifact. It's just a vehicle to communicate what we want to do to various audiences, right? And so certainly one of the things we talk about in the book is adapting what you're communicating, the level of which you're communicating to your various audiences, and that being a connection ability and that great communicators do. Well, same thing with roadmaps. Like, you know, you may have a roadmap and different viewpoints or a drill down version. And so you're talking to the executive committee and they don't want to, you know, the list of your projects, they want to see your vision and, and have a conversation around that. So you're talking to them about the why and then you may have another, you know, group of stakeholders that you drill down into the how of, a, of at least parts of your roadmap. You kind of use this vehicle, this roadmap to have those varying conversations with your stakeholders who want to go on that spectrum of they just want to know low detail why, or some folks want to know the high detail, how are we actually going to do it? And so I think it ties in that. It ties into using that customer intelligence to build your roadmap in the first place, and then using it as a communication vehicle. Sure. And probably a communication vehicle for that prioritization that was later in the list as well. A roadmap is a prioritization. It's a loose prioritization, but that's what it is. We're, we're prioritizing this right now. We're going to do this next, and we're working towards this in the future. I mean, it is a, a prioritization vehicle. So I have to say, I don't know that I had a, a, you know really pinpointed all of the connections of the five truths to roadmapping, but this, this conversation has been great because it, it does, right? I mean, and that's probably one of the reasons why, again, as, as I mentioned, they kind of all feed together those, those five truths and, and build this foundation. They're so important to so many things we do road mapping being one of the examples of, of what we do and how they all tie together. I mean, and I have to admit, I only discovered the book once we got when we got in touch for talking about road mapping today. So it's sitting on my Amazon uh, basket, ready to buy to uh, to kind of read through and to make those links. I'm looking forward. I always love another book on product approaches and product thinking and how we do our craft better. So I'm, I'm looking forward to making those joins. So I had to make a, I had to find a way to ask a question early to find out what they were. So there you go. It's, it's, those are the five truths, customer intelligence, relationship building, communication, judgment, decision-making and prioritization. And as you said, you can already kind of start to make some of those connections to, to the roadmap. Yeah, I can so see it. I can also see it mapping to like a product management assessment framework that I'm working on and things like that. So sounds perfect. So you started hinting at you know different people wanting different versions. So I think you gave me two examples so far: execs and kind of probably the development organization. Are they the only audiences, or are there other other audiences? Uh, great question. I mean, lots of audiences. So let's just look at the internal audience first, or the internal audience base. So. You've got management and leadership and the, depending on if you're a product manager, product leader, what, what have you, you're, you're talking to your peers, you're talking to executives. And, and again, that they want to know where you're taking the product and how it ties to the ultimate corporate vision and, and how, you know, what you're doing with your product is going to help meet and progress bigger corporate strategic goals. So that's kind of their purview. And then again, the other end of the spectrum is the detail, the development team, the engineering team, et cetera, who are, okay, how can I 
think about my work going forward and how should I prioritize? And in addition, they're not just, you know, taskmasters, of course, our engineers are our, our creative partners as well. So they can start to think about how we could solve some problems, right? So I, I'm a big believer in roadmaps, not being project lists, but being kind of a, a visual of what problems we tend to believe that we want to solve now and in the future. Again, as I say, believe because markets change and our ideas change of where we want to go. And so the even though it's in the detail, those folks can start to think about some of the problems that they want to or will be asked to help help solve. And then in the middle, you've got like sales, you've got marketing, you've got finance, customer success, all of these other you know, folks that, that are in the ecosystem that care and need to know where we're going. You know, how do they think about, you know, marketing campaigns or positioning or how we're talking about our overall product portfolio. So there are all these stakeholders internally and they fall, you know, on the spectrum. Some need just the high level, some need the detail, some, some need kind of in the middle. And so it's not that you want different versions or like, you know, 50 different, you know, roadmap documents, but you do need to tailor it to maybe be a drill down for some of your audiences and just be the high level for others or somewhere in between. But that's the internal. And that's where, I, you know, 90% of your communication and, and work with your roadmap is. But some companies also have an externally shared roadmap for their, their customers. Some, you know, it depends on your culture of your organization. Some, you know, don't want to share anything externally and they keep everything close. Um, fine. More power to them. Um, but for some businesses, it's actually beneficial to show customers where you're going. It's beneficial for the sales process, the account relationship to get feedback on that and make sure that, you know, we're, we're validating that the market thinks we're going in the right direction. And that version, an external version needs to be very, you need to be careful with that because you don't want to give too many details. You don't want to set the wrong expectations of timing. You don't want to share too much competitive data because while you hope it's not shared, it could be. So the external version of a roadmap can be very scaled back, but can be very beneficial to share with customers, sometimes even prospects. And then depending on the industry, even maybe market analysts or something like that. Yeah. I mean, I think I have three external views, I think, of these days. Customers, prospects, and partners, which I guess analysts might fit into. Different levels of trust. But it, yeah, it's, it's interesting because you yeah, we we want to potentially use it to win business, but then do we trust them? I, I tend to have this simple philosophy. If I've shown it to anyone outside the building, I assume my competition has seen it at this point. Uh, and that's what you have to decide as an organization. I know I know just as many organizations who, who, who choose not to share anything externally. Maybe they'll do some verbal conversations, but they won't share an actual document externally um, as those who feel comfortable doing it. And so it's, it's really just a choice and a you know, a decision based on, on, you know, what the organization feels comfortable with. But if you are going to share an actual document externally, make it as high level as possible, make it as vague as possible, um, while still getting some point across uh, for customers, because to your point, it's, you know, I mean, nothing stays secret around here very often or very, uh, very uh, long. Right. And I remember, in the early days of Sarbanes-Oxley, kind of rev rec rules kicking. It's like, yeah, we can't recognize the revenue on anything until we've delivered everything on the roadmap that you've shown to that customer. Okay, so we basically can't tell them anything about the future and give them any anything that might help them decide. Uh, I had forgotten about socks. Oh, gosh. 
<laughs> what a nightmare. Uh, yeah, a good intention maybe, but oof. <laughs> yeah, it it, uh, it made uh, the organization I was in at the time had the most conservative kind of approach to it that you possibly could have. Like literally there were millions of dollars sat in the bank paid by the customer that we couldn't recognize. Some of them from deals where we'd actually delivered, but the customer had never implemented it. And therefore they, we, they never kind of signed off the, you know, the benefits plan and all these sorts of things kicked in. It was quite funny in some respects. So I think you've already hinted this as well. You talked about it depends on who you are. I think you mentioned product leader and product manager. So are they the people who own and maintain the roadmap? I, I strongly believe product management owns it. So as opposed to engineering, for example, because again, in my view, a roadmap shouldn't be a project list or a list of technology we're building. It should be a view of, of the, the future, the, the present and the future, be visionary, right? And be somewhat high level to this is, these are the problems we want to solve. These are the, the directions we want to go. And, and that, that is product management's job. I mean, if we have one job, it is to determine what the market needs and what we should build and what we should do about it, right? Um, what problems we're solving, what problems we choose to solve for whom, and then, you know, how we intend to do that. And so that's, that's product management. So I'm a big believer that product management owns a roadmap. Um, we certainly collaborate and we have, you know, internal partners that, that help us build that, but we, uh, we own it. And so within the product management function, does a product leader own it? Does a product manager own it? Which product manager owns it, right? That depends on the organization. Typically it's a product manager will have a roadmap for their product or, you know, whatever's under their purview. Another product manager will have hopefully a similar format <laughs> roadmap of their product. And then ultimately those roll up into like a, a product leader level, right? Or a portfolio view of where we're going, right? So I would say the product manager owns the product roadmap for their, whatever they own in the company, right? Their product. And, and that goes for however many product managers you have. And then ultimately there's a roll up at the product leader level that says, these are all of our products and this is where, where we're going and how they tie together. You know, what are the dependencies? What are, we're building something here that's going to benefit that. And so that bigger view is typically owned by the CPO or VP of product or whatever the head of product is in an organization. Totally agree. But that, that, and that corralling everything together in a format, say consistent format can be a challenge, but we'll, we'll hold our fire on formats and come back to that in a minute. Well, maybe let's just kind of think about one other point or a couple of points before that. Things like vision, strategy, objectives, how do they link into a roadmap then? Yeah, so, uh, well, there's kind of, if you think about it, there's the corporate vision, strategy, and objectives, and then there are the kind of each product line or product family or business unit or however an organization is is organized. And so you've got to tie to all of those. And I like a roadmap that, visually depicts how, you know, how we're tying to it. So for example, if you've got three strategic pillars within your, you know, let's just use the, the corporate strategic pillars to, to literally color code or, or somehow depict on a roadmap that, you know, we're doing this and this is directly aligned to progressing this strategic pillar. And so, uh, you know, again, I'm a, I'm a real big believer in keeping things as simple as possible and, visually communicating as much as possible. And so something as simple as, 
you know, color coding based on which strategic pillar it ties to, it aligns with, and it progresses is a good way to, to do that. And the truth is when you're building your roadmap and when you're communicating it and kind of the, the process of creating a, a roadmap, some of the, the analysis should be do the things we intend to do tie to those strategic pillars or those goals. And if not, if we're having a hard time connecting it or communicating it and people are like, eh, I, don't, I don't see the connection there, guess what? That's an indicator that maybe we're doing something that's, that's not as strategic, that's not as aligned as, we, we, you know, as it should be. And so we should use that as feedback into our process and potentially move that off and deprioritize that. So I think, I think you can't really do a roadmap, or at least you're not really doing it right, <laughs> if you are you know, not aligning what you intend to do now and in the future with how, you're, how it's helping you progress and, and achieve those goals. Totally agree. And that, that visual connection, that kind of visual hierarchy is something I'm a big fan of, well, of as well. I, I, I'm a visual thinker. It's like if I'm not by a whiteboard, I'm kind of lost some days. And therefore, it just, yeah, it can be, you get so much more information in a snapshot. I've, I've generated roadmaps to very much that visual style in the past with kind of visual, even just simple like symbols, because there were multiple objectives it was driving to show the color correlation. And then people have sent it back. It's like, oh, no, I'm writing it all out in longhand. It's like, oh, I have to read now. What about other artifacts then maybe that link into a roadmap though, JJ? Are there anything else that you can think of that kind of connects to it? Because we've talked about some high level things feeding in. Well, I mean, you know, one of the things that I tend to do or like to see in roadmaps, if I'm the receiver of, you know, the head of product and I'm receiving something from my, you know, products and reviewing product managers and reviewing it that way. Um, I like to be able to drill down into more data. So, so again, I believe that a roadmap should be high level. It should not be document with 50 projects on it and all this, you know, data on it. I, I, I think that completely takes away the, the visual communication part. So you need something high level, but that also means you need the data behind it, right? Or at least some of the audiences need the data behind it. And so whether it's a, an actual, you know, software program where you click and, and drill into documents or however you do it, I mean, there, there's a ton of different ways, but to have the ability to say, okay, this is what we're doing. We're, we're going to, you know, improve our battery life. You know, that's, that's the technology or that's the problem we're, we're solving. Um, well, if you can, click into that, whatever that means, double click, um, physic digitally or, or, or manually into that. And you can find artifacts like the customer research and the customer validation that showed that's why, you know, why are we doing this? Because our customers are complaining, the market is going to, you know, longer battery life kind of discovery document or a design document or something that shows that the work done that ultimately got that project on our, or that problem on our roadmap, like what led us there? So I believe any artifact that shows why behind that's on there in the first place is really important. And then for some things, depending kind of early or the, I typically do left side of a, of a roadmap, if you will, if you're looking at it, left side is the now or the, you know, short term and then further out. So if you're, if you're on that left side, you know, short term view, 
you know, you may even have some sort of requirements, user story documents, something that's you're, you're actually working on this. You're actively estimating it. You're working on it and that sort of thing. And there's nothing wrong with having that behind the scenes um, if somebody needs that, right? Somebody needs to understand what's going on with the work. So, you know, those are some of the, the artifacts that I like to see. Most importantly, the why behind why is it on there in the first place? And then, you know, ultimately, depending on if it's, if it's kind of a short-term view or a current view, is there work going on? And some folks would need that. Now, do you have to have that? No, but usually if you're going to use a product roadmap as a communication vehicle, um, for various audiences, it's nice to be in, it's, it's nice to be able to use it in kind of one fell swoop to get all of the different questions answered. Sure, makes lots of sense. And in fact, reminds me of a conversation with a product leader I was having only earlier in the week, saying they're not good enough at bringing that kind of evidence and why this thing is on the roadmap out. And that's actually what they want some help with in the near future. So uh, absolutely resonates. Well, see, I, I, that's, I don't think we do a good enough job in product management, again, general statement, but I don't think we do a good enough job of tying our activities and rituals and ultimately the byproduct of that, which is the artifact, to the decisions that we make, right? So we, you, we do all this stuff in product management. We have all these activities and we have these rituals we adhere to and we're, you know, married to and we have these documents that we create. And, but it's, none of that matters if we're not making the decision based off of it or better decisions based on it or making, you know, meeting our goals. And so we're, we, we tend to have all the stuff around, right. Without having the story and the connections of, you know, how did I use this information and then, you know, document it in this artifact. And then how did that actually tie to something getting on the roadmap and that, that communication slash alignment is missing in a lot. And so roadmaps, they get, Good, you know, some people love them, some people hate them, but it can be a vehicle for that. It can be a good vehicle for telling the story of why we're doing certain things. And I think that kind of links back to kind of the, that Netflix mantra of lead with context over control. It's like we share that bigger picture. We're not demanding you deliver a roadmap. We're saying this is what we believe is going to deliver on this context. And we want you to understand why. Exactly. Exactly. And it's such an important part of what we do. And it really touches everything that we do. If we want our stakeholders to buy into what we believe is the you know, market need and problem and where we should go, if, you don't, if you're not able to tell the story of that why, why, why would they buy into it, right? And so again, the roadmap tends to be thought of as this artifact, this detailed artifact, but it, it can be a very powerful communication vehicle. Let's think about design. We've talked about a few design elements, but let's kind of zoom in on it a little bit. What do you believe are the key elements on any given roadmap, you know, the kind of content of it. Yeah. So again, I tend to be very simple. The horizon, the time horizon. And again, that, that can be quarters. <laughs> it can be years. Um, it, it can be now, next, later. It can be future. It can be whatever, right? Very general. But some, some horizon of, of where we're going, what, what is now and what is the future. The bulk of what I want to know is the problem I'm solving. So I don't, I don't personally want a project name, you know, or something like that. I get that there are some internal partners that may want it. And so we may have to have that on there as well, but I, I want to know the problem we're solving. And, and in the 
the context of, you know, the market or the customer or what have you, right? So to me, that's what should be on there. This is the problem we're solving. And then if there's a, if there's an, uh, an attached project or unit of work that, that makes sense to people, you can say project X underneath it. That's fine. But just project X means nothing to me. It's gotta, it's gotta have the, the verbiage of what the problem is that we're solving in the first place. Again, I mentioned kind of color coding or somehow visually depicting alignment to some goal or some strategic pillar, depending on, uh, you know, the future part of things, you're probably not going to have this, but some of the, the more current state, you might have a little bit of data on who's involved, size of project, right? You can depict that visually, or you can just put it on there. You know, this is a very high value, low value, because we should be, you know, having a, a mix in our portfolio. And I don't mean low value, but I just mean low, you know, this isn't going to, yeah, this isn't going to take us a year to, to build and, and, you know, recreate the market. Um, still valuable to do. So some indication of, value, effort, that sort of thing. But again, not in a detailed way, just some sort of uh, depiction of that if you can do it. And that that's really it as far as I'm concerned. I really want to know where we're going, how it ties together, the why behind it, meaning the, the problem we're solving. And then again, depending on kind of what's being worked on now, you can put some element of, you know, sizing or effort or that sort of thing. But you know, to me, that's it. Everything else should be a drill down, should be a, you know, an optional for the, the audience. I think it should be as simple as possible of, of a quick picture of where we're going and why. And so visually, that sounds like kind of so simple color coding, any other kind of visual or styling elements you, you like to use or include? I mean, I, I actually, and I know there's a ton of different tools out there that do some amazing things. And so I'm agnostic to all of that. I've, I, you know, I've used some, some tools, something as simple as a Trello board. I've used PowerPoint or, or Google slides. I mean, you know, it's, it just really, and I don't, I don't mean to be simple about that, but it just doesn't matter to me what, what tool or how it, how we build it or how it looks, as long as it's clean, um, styled, um, you know, again, I, I am a kind of visual kind of stylist, if you will. So I, I like to use our, our color scheme of our business and, you know, so it's not just some random like PowerPoint template. I mean, to me, it's a communication vehicle and I think it should be styled and look good. Um, you don't have to be a marketing genius to do this stuff, but I mean, you know, just use simple tools, but to put a good picture together, right? So, I mean, Honestly, I, I have used Google Slides and then with links to the, the artifacts underneath it. I mean, things like that are just as simple to me. There's lots of really great tools out there, Product Board and AHA uh -huh, and all these kinds of awesome tools that do a lot more that actually pull in data and help you build it. So those, you know, the, those are awesome. But in terms of the actual product roadmap, the kind of one page viewpoint, it can be as simple as possible. And, you know, I do suggest making it look good because it's, you know, the first impression. I think that's important. Everybody has their own creative juices, but I would make it look good, make it simple and, you know, whatever tool you want to use with it to build it, I think go for it, whatever your, your, whatever your company uses. I also said when my co-host interviewed me i like it to look good as well it's like it's just i consider myself to be selling to the organization constantly and therefore that's that's part of that that communication that alignment that getting stakeholders on board best practice in road mapping what is it to me it's 
it's making sure that when you're, if you handed this to someone and you only had, you know, you, you allowed them to read it without you having any uh, verbal conversation around it, would they get the, the, the path forward? Would they understand where the product is going and some level of why? They may need some more context to the why, but would they understand the problems that you're trying to solve? And would they see some sort of natural progression of where you're going? And it didn't seem as disjointed as, you know, a few projects here and how did they actually connect together? So best practice is making sure that you could hand this document or, or, or send this document to someone. Really, no matter who they were, they would be able to get the gist of why you're taking your product a certain way and, and ultimately what that path is. So I think that's best practice. Make it as simple as possible to show the, the, the where you're going and the why you're going there. What's the biggest mistake or anti-pattern that you see on a roadmap? Yeah, I, there's, a, there's a few of these. One is putting very specific dates because what's, what's the point? I mean, I, I understand I've worked in cultures where, you know, you tell me when you're delivering this to the, you know, to the week. I mean, that's just not how work happens anymore. And I don't mean that we shouldn't hold ourselves accountable for quick, efficient, good work, but you know, that is, that is not really the point of a roadmap. I mean, if you need a project list, if you need a resource plan, there are documents for that. Let's do it. So, so don't put these like artificial dates out there or at least assign them to these, you know, units of work. Um, so that's number one. And number two is just getting too detailed. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's, it's all about the project. It's about the work. It's about these, you know, this is what we're doing and these are the people involved and here's the hours of work we're going to do. And, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And I could read it and, and know that Joe and engineering is going to work the project, but not have a clue what the project is. Right. I mean, that, that serves no purpose for a roadmap. So that's it kind of getting too granular on the details and getting too overly committed to, to dates and timings. What about a pet hate? Something you just really don't like to see on a roadmap? Uh, probably the same is a project list, right? Like the, these are the things we're going to do. And we're definitely going to do this project in four months when we get time to do it. Um, come on. First of all, that's not a roadmap. That's a project list. Um, again, perfectly fine to have, you know, a, a resource allocation view, um, but that's not a product roadmap. And two, who the hell knows what we're going to do in four months, right? Or, or whatever, right? It may change. And if we're so static that, you know, we have been saying that this was second in queue for over a year now. And so, dang it, we're doing it. That's not, you know, that's not how we should be working, at least for some, some most of us out there, right? There are some companies out there that have products that take years of development and, and I get that. So sometimes there's a little bit more concrete there, but you know, that's another kind of pet peeve or pet hate. I like that. Um, pet, it's more dramatic, pet hate. Um, <laughs> I, it's that I think is more like, like this is exactly what we're going to do in the next step. I mean, that's not the point of a roadmap and that's also setting us up, uh, ourselves up for um, some heartache. I forget whose quote it is. It's like, we're either going to deliver in six months what we said we're going to do and you're going to be disappointed because it's no longer what you need or we're not going to deliver it and we're going to let you down because we promised something right why do we by the way why do we even do this job because it's so hard but it's fun isn't it yeah i can't actually think of a better job i really love what we do in products whose advice do you listen to about road mapping i th i think i'm 
mentioned Jana Bastow earlier when I said next now later. I believe she was the kind of creator of that idea. Um, so a big fan of Jana Bastow. Rich Marinoff has great ideas always because I, I, you know, he just ties it back to what matters in my opinion. I think that's great. Um, Andrea Saiz is, is another one. And I think she works at Trent now, but she's on medium and social media. She doesn't just talk about roadmaps. I guess none of these do, but she's got these really great insights on kind of how it ties back and how it matters. And some of the, the big picture strategy of a roadmap, but she also sometimes gets into the details of how, how to actually do it. And I think that's important, right? And so those are some folks that I've, I've personally learned from and, you know, read some of their stuff and, and even use some of their stuff. I mean, I think it, I think those few come to mind, um, but I love the question just because I think there's product management is one of those things, no matter how long we've been doing it, no matter if we teach people how to do it, there are so many people that we can learn from. Um, and so I'm, I'm constantly trying to find folks that do it a little better or do something a little differently that really sticks with folks. And so, um, yeah, I love the question. And those are a few that, that come to mind for me. And that's the whole reason we're doing the channel is so we can learn in the open from people. And yeah, so Jana was episode number four. Rich was, I think, episode number six. And Andrea is in the bag on uh, already recorded. So watch this space. She'll be... Uh, hitting the channel soon. Are there any particular resources beyond people that you uh, you go to around road mapping? Uh, well, I mean, honestly, I love some of the communities um, out there. I mean, I'm always kind of keeping in touch with Product Tanks, Product Camps, Product Collective, Mind the Product, which is part of Product Tank or vice versa. You know, so all of those communities just, and of course they're not specific on Roadmap, but I always keep an eye out on, on their content. Um, and then some of the, the products that serve product management, product board, um, Amplitude, you know, some of those folks put tons of great content out. Like, I understand it's part of their content marketing strategy and part of their, you know, marketing and sales strategy. But the truth is a lot of it's just really good content for the product world. Um, and so I, I love to just, you know, kind of look at, um, you know, and just keep a finger on the pulse of the content that's coming out. Um, I, I do content, but I can't, like I, I wrote a book and I do podcasts, but if someone were to tell me I have to write blog posts every week or an, a weekly newsletter, like I, I would just not, I'd lose it. I couldn't do it. So I love the fact that there are so many people out there that like to write and create content on a, on a quick clip because, um, you know, we can, we can glean insights from them. So those are, you know, I, I just love to keep in touch with the product community, even Twitter. I mean, I, I follow the, I mean, it's a hashtag P-R-O-D-M-G-M-T, right? Product management. And it's, I mean, there's so many good thought leaders out there that are in practice every day doing it. And they're like, you know, um, sharing insights on, hey, this happened today. How did you all, you know, um, how would you deal with it? And that sort of thing. And just kind of reading all of that is really, it's awesome. It's therapeutic in a way. And it's also, you know, a learning experience. Product Twitter, it can be, find hit and miss sometimes uh, you, you get some really great insights and you get some real dross and it's like how do you it's finding the signal for the noise yeah absolutely and and i've i definitely have had to do that i there's too many um folks out there who uh, you know their their entire mission is to, to gain followers and 
and, you know, um, to do that. And so the threads and the, you know, 90% of the people don't know how to do this here. Let me give you 10 steps how to do it, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I see that all the time. It's like, what is happening? Some of it's good though. So, so keep looking because it, you know, some of those folks just put some amazing content. So if you had to be still your philosophy on road mapping into one or two sentences, what would it be? Our number one job in product management is to determine what problems need to be solved in the markets in which we do business um, and which ones we choose to try to solve and then how, you know, find some creative solutions. That's it. Like, like if we don't do that, find the problems to solve and then work with our cross-functional teams to figure out cool solutions to, to, to solve those, we're not doing our job. Um, and so because that's our number one job, roadmaps are the the communication vehicle of how uh you know how we can distill that down very succinctly for our folks right like our internal um stakeholders so a roadmap gets a really bad rep because it's misused so often but our number one job is to figure out what problems to solve and and how to go about solving them you know in a progression um, that's what a roadmap is. Like, what problems are we solving in what kind of order, if you will, big picture? And so that's it, right? We, we, it should be a uh, visual depiction of our vision of how we want to take our product. What haven't I asked you about roadmapping that I should have? You know, I guess one of the things that, that I, I work with clients with and myself, you know, have, have had issues with is, it's not always agreed upon in the organization what a roadmap should be. So not everyone in the organization agrees with me that it should be this, or you, because we seem to be aligned on this, that it should be this high level visual depiction, you know, no dates, no projects, you know, just kind of, you know, this is where we're going and why. Well, not everybody thinks that's what a roadmap is. And so a lot of times they're looking for that project list or they're looking for something more detailed. And so the, the, the question that I get asked is how do I, um, well, the first question usually is how do I get people to agree with me, <laughs> right? That it should be this. Um, and, but really the question is how do we get everyone to agree to what it should be in our organization? And if we have to make some, some concessions on putting a little more detail on it, just to get it going and to get the, the, you know, roadmap, uh, artifact and, and the, the idea behind a roadmap as part of the corporate DNA, then fine, let's make some concessions and maybe get, get better over time. But to me, the question is, you know, would be something like, how do I get my, my stakeholders on board so that we all agree what a roadmap should be in our organization? And it's just collaboration. It's, you know, again, product, the product folks should take the lead on that. We should be saying to engineering and others, this is best practice of a, of a roadmap and this is what we should, um, you know, aspire to do you know, even if it takes us several iterations to, to get there and then, you know, eventually, you know, get everybody's buy-in to, to agree upon what a product roadmap means in that organization. It feels like you were in the coaching call I was on earlier today where I'm helping the coachee develop a roadmap. It's the first one in the organization. She's the first product manager in the organization. And it's like they want more detail and R&D can't quite grasp the link to themes so we're kind of showing them all these are themes that are further out but if we were to work on them today these are the ideas of solutions that we'd have that we might implement 
We're not saying these are prescriptive. We're not saying these are what we'll do, but we want to work on that theme and we'll help you understand what that could mean by showing that bit more detail. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's, and it happens in, in so many organizations and right. And so that's one of the things that is incumbent upon the, the whole, you know, collaborative partnership, but, but the product team to lead that conversation and say, we can have project lists, we can have re resource allocation um, artifacts, but let's also have a true product roadmap, which is just, you know, the vision of the path forward. So JJ, it's been wonderful talking today. I'd just like to give you an opportunity to uh, make your pitch to the, those out there. Anyone would like to get in touch, how they're getting in touch, how you can help them. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you. Um, thanks for having me. This was lovely and fun. I enjoyed it. Um, so you can you can find me at my, my um, company at greatproductmanagement.com. Um, you can also connect with me on all of the social media. You can find me at jjrory.com slash connect. Um, then you can find all of my social. Um, you can also find uh, information and, on either of those about the podcast, but it also has a website, productvoices.com. Um, so that's the podcast, um, uh, productvoices.com. Greatproductmanagement.com is the advisory firm. And then I have my own just little uh, connection uh, website, jjrory.com. So um, feel free to go to any of those and learn about me, learn about my work, learn about the book, et cetera. Um, so Awesome. Uh, again, Phil, to be here. Thank you for the invitation. It's been great having you here, JJ. And we'll make sure some Amazon links down below for the book as well, because uh, I'm sure that people will be now inspired to get out there, get a copy and give it a read. I hope they are, because I am. And if you do read it, I would love for you to reach out to me uh, in some way and let me know what you thought. So everyone out there, please do remember to like, subscribe, hit that bell icon, share it with your friends. And if you'd like to be here, like JJ is, reach out through info at talkingroadmaps.com or hell, just hit, hit up talkingroadmaps.com and you'll find the sign-up links and contact details and so on. JJ, it's been a pleasure. It's been great. Thanks, Phil.